Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. If you grew up in the West, and if you grew up in the days of the West, or the, you know, the days of the Cowboys and all that other stuff, they had what they called the Code of the West. Anybody ever heard of it? The Code of the West. Now, again, I want to show this up on the screen. And uh, these were the things that, that are principles that these people lived by. And I love these. And I think that our world would do itself a favor if we would return to some of these. Can I get an amen? Now, here's the thing. I'll read them for you. You can follow along the string or on the screen. Number one, live each day with courage. Again, live each day with courage, a great principle to live by. Number two, take pride in your work. This is something that we need to get back to, right? I mean, we were talking the other day about how all, the, you know, all these regulations that keep people um, from wanting to work. <laughs> and it's, it's just created some laziness, I think. But anyways, take pride in your work. Number three, always finish what you start, right? Love it. Uh, number four, do what has to be done. Again, sometimes we don't want to do what has to be done, and we need to get back to doing what has to be done. Number five, be tough but fair, right? Be tough but fair. Again, I love this one because I have boys, and while I want my boys to, you know, have a gentle side, my son Hank's right over here, uh, six years old, I want him to have a gentle side with a woman, Um, I I want him to be tough. (laughs) Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) Uh, Number six is when you make a promise, keep it. Keep it. I love that. Number seven, ride for the brand. And you guys that maybe don't uh, do the cowboy thing, that means, you know, ride for the people that you work for. Work hard for them. Show up every day and ride for the brand. Be proud of, you know, again, who you've been called to line up with. Um, And number eight is this, talk less and and say more. (laughs) That's hard for the preacher. Uh, talk less and say more. I, I like people that don't talk much. Um, it's kind of fun. Um, but you actually always listen when they do talk, don't you? They're those kind of people when they don't say much, you actually listen when they do talk. Number nine, remember that some things aren't for sale. Some of you horse traders, your wife is not for sale. I mean, really, people come to your house and you're like, they're like, Hey, is that for sale? Heck yeah, it's for sale. Everything's for sale around here. No, remember some things aren't for sale. Um, number 10 is this, know where to draw the line, know where to draw the line. I mean, that's a perfect one too. And again, I believe that these are some great principles that, that again, they lived by in the West. And I believe that we should live by today. Well, here's the thing Uh, today. I want to introduce to you the thousand Hills code. The Thousand Hills Code, and you're thinking, wow, he's going to brainwash us and we're into this code stuff now and all that. No, it's nothing like that. So get over that. The Thousand Hills Code is this, principles and promises for fulfilling our purpose. Let me say it again. Principles and promises for fulfilling, try to say that a hundred times, for fulfilling our purpose. Now, many of you guys, if not all of you got a sheet right here. Pull this out, please. Everybody got a sheet uh, that you can write, take notes on. Thousand Hills Code, Principles and Promises for Filling Our Purpose. One through 12. We've got 12 principles or promises that we are called to live by as a church to fulfill our purpose. And we're going to roll through those today. Now, here's the thing. 
You say, well, what is Thousand Hills is about? I look around and I see guests and we have tons of guests every week, which is a blessing. But I look around and I think, you know, do the people really know what we're about? Well, today you're going to be able to figure out what we're about. And listen, the code that we are going to talk about today is bred, listen, is bred out of our purpose. You say, what's our purpose? We'll put it up on the screen. Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. How many of you guys have ever seen that or heard that before? Anybody? All right, cool. Well, that is our purpose. And this code, again, this this code is bred out of that purpose. Now, here's something that I'm learning. I want to let you in on this. If we just have a purpose, that's great. That's cool. But if we don't actually fulfill our purpose, then the purpose is meaningless. Does that make sense? It's like having a cow dog, but a cow, do- a cow dog that's never worked cattle. Does that make sense? And so here's what I'm learning. We can say we have this purpose. We can say that, you know, God gave us this purpose. But if we are not fulfilling it, then we are not being uh, the the church that God bred us to be. Does that make sense? And so listen, today we're going to look at, again, how we can fulfill the purpose that God has called us to fulfill. So number one is this. And Matt, we're just going to throw them up on the screen. Number one, we ride for his brand. Write it down. Number one, we ride for his brand. And you say, well, who is the his there? Well, it's Jesus Christ. Look at um, Romans eleven thirty six. It says this, for everything comes from him, Jesus, and exists by his power and is intended for what? Hit, read it with me. And intended for? His glory, all glory to him forever. Amen. Listen, people, uh, listen, our church isn't about our church. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about us. It's all about him. Our job is to make him famous. (laughs) Right? I mean, so listen, and you say, well, he's already famous. Well, I'm going to make him even more famous. That's what I feel God has called me to do and for all of us to do. And so again, you say, well, how do we do that? Again, our desire is to honor him in everything that we do, from the smiles that you see as you walk in the door, to the message that I preach, to the events that we have, to the outreach that we do, to the Bible studies, to the, uh, every decision that we make, we desire to honor Jesus. You know why? Because it's all about him. It's not about us. And you say, well, why is that? Well, without his grace, listen, we would not be able to have a church. Without his love, without his sacrifice, we would not have the hope of heaven. And so listen, it's all about Jesus. Therefore, number one, and first and foremost, we ride for his brand. Number two is this. We ride for the unchurched Western culture. You say, why are we here? What's our purpose? How do we fulfill our purpose? Write it down. We ride for the unchurched Western culture. And you say, well, okay, Bo, what does that mean? 
Well, I'll put it this way. I'll start with the Western culture side of it. We are a cowboy church. And again, everybody thinks, well, you got to be a cowboy to come to our church. You don't have to be a cowboy to come to our church. But here's the truth. Because we live in the Western culture, because God has called us to reach the Western culture, everything that we do is going to have the DNA of the Western culture intertwined in it. Does that make sense? So everything that we do from the environment that we set, which is the smell of paint right now, right? Do you guys smell the paint? New paint. Uh, But it's usually the smell of money all around, right? I mean, it's a cell barn from the culture, the environment to the events. Everything that we do is going to be centered around the Western culture. And so again, you say, well, I'm not Western. I'm not a cowboy. That is awesome. Still come. We love you. We want you here, but you are going to get to experience the cowboy culture when you come to our church. Anybody excited about that? I'm kind of excited about that. Hey, Jerry, would you grab my water right there? It's right there. Thank you. I'm a little parched today. Um, But here's the thing. So you say, well, okay, Bo, it's about the Western culture. What else is it about? Well, it's about the unchurched Western culture. Thank you, buddy. The unchurched Western culture. And you say, well, Bo, isn't it, isn't it better to you know, try to please church people? Isn't it better to try to build a church around you know, a bunch of religious people? And I'll just say this. We need church people. We need people that love Jesus and have loved Jesus for a long time. But here's why we need them. We need them to come into our church and begin to serve so that we can reach more unchurched people. Does that make sense? Can I get some bigger clapping going today? I'm feeling it. And you guys are going to be, you guys, again, you're smart because you come at the nine o'clock and I have to be done by like 10. But so again, let me get, I want you to get this because here's the thing. We desire to reach unchurched people. Therefore, everything that we do, you may not know this, everything that we do from the signs that are out front to the, you know, website that we use to everything that we do, we look through the eyes of the unchurched, not the churched. Again, and we ask ourselves, what, what is keeping people that are unchurched out of the church? And we ask ourselves that. What, and how can we tear down the obstacles that keep them out of church? And how do people you know, that have never been to church or that don't like church or have had a bad experience in church, how do we get them to feel comfortably uncomfortable in our church? Does that make sense? And so again, that's where our focus is. From the time they hit the parking lot to the messages that they hear from me, we desire to reach the unchurched. And we desire to reach them with the message of love and truth and grace and belonging. Again, we've always said that you belong before you believe Again, some people think, well, I got to be a religious person before I ever come to church. I got to clean up. I got to do all this stuff. No, listen, you come dirty and God will clean you up, right? And so listen, we have tried to create a church that you can come dirty physically to. Again, we don't worry about the floors. We don't have yellow carpet. We don't have white carpet where you got to go, oh crap, I'm going to get some crap on the carpet. You know, we don't worry about all that stuff. We have, we have created a church or tried to create a church that you can come dirty to physically and you can come dirty to spiritually because we're all dirty. And we've all been washed, Lord willing, by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so listen, we desire to reach the un 
unchurched Western culture. Number three is this. We ride by the word. Write it down. We ride (coughs) by the word. Again, I didn't write this. The preachers of the past didn't write this. Nobody, nobody, I mean, again, the disciples wrote it, but they wrote it through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the leading of Jesus, right? This is not my words. These are the very words of the living God, the God that created this world and created you. And this is what we ride by. We don't ride by my opinion or your opinion or anybody else's opinion. We ride by the word of God. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4. It says, For the word of God is living or alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Listen, this word is not a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. It is a history book, but it's not like any other history book that you read in school. This is the history of the world. From creation to the end of times, this is the word of God. And you say, well, why do we ride by the word of God? But here's why. Because we want to be successful. And in the word of God, guess what? You are the keys to success in every area of your life. You want to be successful in your marriage? You want to be successful in raising your kids? You want to be successful in, in, in growing a church? This is the key to success right here. And this is what we ride by. And so again, that's, that's part of one of those things that are a part of our code. Number four is this. We honor those who ride point. Okay? And you say, well, what's that mean? We honor those who ride point. Well, if you've ever gathered a herd of cattle, then you know there are different positions for people that are helping gather those cattle, right? You got the drag people. Those are the people that ride and they, they get all the dirt in their eyes and then they're the little puds that are in the back, you know, and trust me, I've been there. I'm the pud. Um, but they ride the drag and they are in the back pushing the cattle. Then you got your flankers and your swing man. And then you've got who in the front? The point people, those are the people uh, that are usually the ranch boss or the cow boss or the you know, lead cowboy. They ride point and they ride up toward the front so that they can guide the herd where they need to go, right? Well, here's the thing. God has called certain leaders into our church that are, st- that are called to ride point and guide us the direction that God wants us to go. And so here's the thing. We honor those leaders. And you say, well, okay, Bo, you're talking about yourself. I am talking about myself. It's kind of awkward because <laughs> I'm the pastor and I'm talking about honoring the pastor. But here's the thing. It's true. If I was to take my pastor's hat off and I was to talk to you as an individual, I would tell you that you need to honor your pastor. Does that make sense? If we have other pastors that, again, are in our community, you need to honor them. If we hire other pastors at this church, it's your desire or should be your desire to honor them. You know why? Because they're called to lead you. They're called to lead you and they're out there on the front lines. I mean, they're taking all the, again, all the, sometimes all of the abuse. And just like that cow boss, again, that cow boss of that ranch, he's, he's respected, He's honored. He makes the decisions for the operation of the, of the ranch. But guess who he answers to? The owner of the ranch. Guess who I answer to? The owner of the ranch. 
I have to walk humbly in the high position that God has called me to. I have to walk humbly in a a way that says, I will ride drag if I need to. But at some point, I have to get up front and lead the church. And listen, we are going to honor people that do that. Whether you're a team leader, whether you're an elder, whether you're a lay pastor, whether you serve in some capacity, we are going to honor you. Listen to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a what? (laughs) I like this. (laughs) Let me say that again. Do this so that their work will be a what? A joy, not a what? A burden, for that would not benefit or or would be of no benefit to you. To you. And so listen, as, 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 as I ride point and as other people ride point, we are called to respect, to love, to provide for, and to bless those who lead us. Listen to 1 Timothy 5. It says this, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work at preaching and teaching. For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain and the worker deserves his wages. Now listen, some of you guys may not realize this, but we don't vote on everything at our church. You may come from a traditional church where they vote on the color of the carpet. They vote on, you know, the whether we're going to have Charmin or Downey. <laughs> That's a big deal right there. Um, but, but we don't do that. Um, God has called the leaders of our church to lead our church. And he's called the members of our church, again, to grow in their faith and to serve on teams. We are a pastor, elder-led church, but we are driven by the teams that you guys serve on. Our church would not be the church that it is today without our teams. They are the hub of our church. And so listen, we honor them and we show them respect and, and love and we bless them because they are writing point. Number five is this. I got to go. I'm, I'm only halfway through. We ride our best horse. <clears throat> if you've ever uh, gathered cattle and uh, you, you, I mean, let me say it this way. If I ever go and I gather cattle for people that I've been there before and I know the people or if I go and I know the, the, the land and the layout, guess what? I try to ride a young horse. You know why? Because it's not going to be that demanding because I kind of know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. So I ride that young horse to get that horse experience. But here's the thing. Once I enter the corral or if I know I'm going to go to a ranch rodeo or if I know I'm going to be in the finals of something, which I've never been, if I know I'm going to need uh, uh, to be able to do a job and do it well, guess what? I ride my best horse. Here's the point. Your life and my life, this is not a practice run. It's the finals. And here's what God has called us to do. He's called us to ride our best horse. It's time to get mounted and get riding our best horse so that we can accomplish the job. There is a job to do. There are people that are dying and going to hell every day. And he's called us to ride our best horse and go tell them. And so listen, at Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we are going to ride our best horse. You know why else? Here's why else we're going to do it. Because our standard is excellence. 
Our standard is excellence. Our standard isn't, hey, we'll just go through the motions. We'll just hem haul around and we'll just get through the day. No, listen, our standard at Thousand Hills Ranch Church is excellence. We desire to be the best church that we can be. Not the, again, not the best church so that we can compete with other churches, but the best church that we can be. We desire to do things with excellence, to be creative, to give it our best effort. And here's the key, not perfection, but excellence. There's a difference. Again, a lot of people, they, oh crap, I can't, I mean, I can't, I can't serve in this church because they just, you know, they all they want is perfection. No, we don't, we don't, I'm not perfect. I say stupid stuff all the time. You know, again, the band, when I was in it, we screwed it up all the time. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So we're not desiring perfection, but we do desire excellence. And so we're going to ride our best horse. Number six is this. We ride with pistols loaded. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it says this, and I'm sending you out. And he's talking to us as people. Jesus is talking. He says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as a snake and as innocent as what? Doves. You know what the point of that scripture is? God is sending us into an evil world where the enemy is smart and he is cunning and he has a plan. And guess what? We need to have a better plan and we need to have our guns loaded so that when he shows up for the battle, we're prepared. Come on now. Come on. I don't know about you, but a gun with no bullets in it is useless. It's useless. And it's church that doesn't have any ammunition that isn't loaded and ready to fight the battle is useless. And so we ride with pistols loaded. Number seven is this. We ride for the next generation. (laughs) And we ride for the next generation. Listen, my son Hank is right over here, six years old. I don't know if I'll ever own or be able to lease a bunch of land, but it's my dream. It's my dream to do that. And I want to have my own ranch, and don't tell anybody this, but I want to be able to sustain my own living on my own and and not have to take a salary from the church. Don't tell anybody that, because I need the salary right now. (laughs) But if I could do that, that would be my dream. But here's the thing. If I build this uh, ranch up and I do this ranch thing and I get all these cattle and all this stuff, but I don't pass anything down to my kids, and then that dream will probably just die with me. Here's the point. If we have a church and we do all the things for, again, us gray heads, I'm including myself, if we ride on the preferences of the generation in the past, and we sacrifice the next generation on the altar of those preferences, then we will be a bunch of gray heads with a dying and flat church that doesn't grow and that leaves the kids out to dry. And so listen, this is what I have to do with my son who I want to take the ranch over one day. I have to intentionally speak into his life, pursue him, show him the things that he needs to learn so that he can take the ranch to the next level when I die. It's the same way in the church. Listen, it's the same way in the church. We have to invest in the next generation. You say, okay, Bo, do we have to be young to come to this church? Absolutely not. Can I get an amen from you older people? You do not have to be young to come to our church, but listen, you do have to be young at heart. 
If you don't like to have fun, if you think it's silly because the people are smiling all the time and we ought to be a church that's really serious. No, listen, we're not. We're not. Okay? So listen, we ride for the next generation so that the future of our church can go on. Number eight is this. We ride wide open. <laughs> Anybody ever rode a horse wide open? Come on now. Here's the, here's the story. Hank and I were riding the other day, and he was on a horse named Chick. And we, we were riding from the house to the, to the corral, I mean, to, the, to this draw. And when we turned around, his horse took off. I mean, just went, wow, yeah. I mean, it was gone. And I'm like, holy crap. And I'm trying to catch up with him. And I'm like, what's he going to do? Is he going to cry when we get to the house? And, and we got to the house, and I'm like, you okay? You okay? And he's like, woo! He's like, that's fun! <laughs> you know why? Because he was riding wide open. I mean, if you've ever been a kid and you've never ridden wide open, you just need to ride wide open. If you're an adult, you need to ride wide open. I'll strap you in. We'll put rubber bands around your feet or something, keep your feet in the stirrups. But you need to ride wide open. And you say, well, what's that mean? Well, we ride because we're grateful to what God has done. We are willing to have fun in church. Does that make sense? So we ride wide open. We enjoy what we get to do. We're here to have fun. And guess what? This reaches men like no other because they come to church and they actually have fun and again that's an emphasis that our church has is on reaching men because we believe that if we can reach the man we can reach the whole family and a man has to have fun around because again <clears throat> i mean ladies when you're when you when you tell that story about your son flying wide open you're like oh crap but the men are like yeah come on keep riding son keep riding so we try to reach men through riding wide open. Number nine is this. Our church is not for everyone. Let that sink in. I want to explain that. Our church is not for everyone. Let me say this. Did you ever notice when you read your Bible that Jesus didn't heal everybody that he walked by? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, there were hundreds of people walking by him, and they were all sick. And he only healed that one guy. Or only touched that one woman. And all these other people were walking by. Did you ever notice that, that, that Paul was only called to reach the Gentiles? Did you ever know that Peter was only called to reach the Jews? And you say, well, okay, but what's the point? Listen, I believe that God has called us to reach a certain culture that we live in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, you say, well, it, it, our church isn't for everybody. Our church isn't for everybody. Just like the church over here is not for me. It's okay. It's okay. Just because they don't, you know, allow us to wear our hats in their church. It's okay. They're going to reach other people and, and their church isn't for everybody. And our church isn't for everybody. Does that make sense? And you say, but, well, I like that too. Can I get some... Come on now. <laughs> but here's the truth. We love everybody. Everyone is welcome. We love the young. We love the old. We love the redneck. We love the city folk. We love the lost folk. We love the saved folk. But here's the truth. Our church is not for everyone. And so listen, people, and I want you to get this. You may need to examine your heart, examine your life, and decide whether this church is for you. If you, every time we make a decision, you go, oh, we shouldn't have made that decision. Every, every time we talk about the, the covered arena, you go, oh, that's just a waste of money. 
I mean, every time we sing a song that's on the country radio, oh, we shouldn't have sang that song. Listen, our church may not be for you, and that's okay. We love you, we bless you, we support you, and we would love for you to move on. Because here's the why, and, and, that's fun, and it is funny, and I love that. I get to say that, but here's the truth. The stakes are too high for us to waste time on being distracted by not having the same vision. Here's the truth. Where there are two visions, there's division. And our church has one vision, and it's from God. And it's okay if you don't like it. It's okay if you don't agree with it. Go somewhere else where you can support the vision and support it. Be a good church member. Love Jesus. So again, our church isn't for everyone. Number five, or number 11 is this. We ride 10. I skipped it. Okay, number 10. Sorry about that. We ride, for, we ride new trails. We ride new trails. And you say, well, what does that mean? Look at 1 Corinthians 9. It says this. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some You say, well, what's the point? Here's the point. We are not afraid to do things that nobody else is doing. Listen, to reach people that nobody else is reaching. We're not afraid to change. You know what change is? Change equals growth. We will change with the coming of the next generation. We will change the music. We will change our system. We will change our structure. We will change the way I preach. We will change whatever we have to change, and we will ride new trails to reach people. It's the people that don't change that are dying, and we are not going to uh, try our best to not allow that to happen. And so you say, well, how are we going to change? Well, technology I mean, again, some of you guys aren't into technology, and and that's okay. Stick Stick to writing things down rather than putting them in your phone. Stick to that. It's okay. But listen, technology is the future. It's the future. If I, if I go out and I gather with cattle, you know, Marshall, my buddy Marshall, and there's 20 guys there, guess what they all have? Guess what they all have? One of these. And guess what they're all doing on it? They're texting. And guess what they all do on Facebook? They trade horses. Guess what they all do? They sell saddles. You say cowboys aren't into technology. You're wrong. They are all on here. I can go to 17 different sites and I can buy a horse, a saddle, a trailer. I can buy it all. And so listen, we will embrace technology. We will use it as a tool to reach people. You know how many people watch the video from our New Year's message? You know how many people watched it on Facebook? 10,000. 10,000. You know how many people visited our website in the last 30 days? Over 1,500. And so you say, well, no, we're not going to use technology. We're not going to have fancy lights. We're not going to do video. We're not going to do lights. Yes, we are. We're going to do it all. We're going to do it all because you know why? We want to knock them out of the park. We want to hit the people where they're at, not go, okay, we're going to just stay the way we are because we've always done it that way. No, we're going to change. Number 11 is this. We ride for life change. 
We ride for life change. You say, what does that mean? Here's what that means. All that we do, the work that we put in, the sweat that we put in, the battle that we fight, the energy that we have, the money that we use, it's all done so that we can see lives changed. It's all done so that the lost will be found. It's all done so that the hurting will be healed. It's all done so that the sinful will, be find, will find forgiveness. It's all done so that the condemned will be set free. It's all done so that the hopeless will find hope. That's why we do what we do. It's all because of life changes. It isn't because, of, you know, we want to, you know, again, be noticed by people or we want to get a big head or we want to, you know, just everybody just like us because we're cool. We don't, we don't care. We, we do it because we want to see people's lives changed. And there are people that are in our church today that weren't in church the last year. There are people that have, are, are going and they're, they're going to heaven today. They could die tomorrow. They're going to heaven tomorrow because their life has been changed. That's why we do what we do. And so again, we ride for life change. First Timothy 4.10. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people, particularly to the believers. Here's the last one and I'm done. You guys ready for the surprise? Here's the last one. Number 12. We believe that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Psalm 5010. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. You say, well, where do you get your name at? Where do you get the church name at? That scripture right there. You say, well, what's that mean? Here's why. Here's why we named our church that, because we believe that we have a big God. He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I've said it before, but he doesn't own just the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the thousand hills. (laughs) I mean, he owns it all. And and can I just let you in on a little? This is kind of the surprise. You ready? Guess what? He has sold some cattle. Last week, Tuesday, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from an individual, and uh, he said, "Hey, Bo, I want to um, I want to visit with you about the Covered Arena project." And I said, "Okay." Um, after I get through with two funerals in three days, I will sit down with you. And so I called him, and I said, "I'm done. Got my funeral out of the way on Wednesday." And I went to his office, and I sat down. And he said, "Hey," <clears throat> he said. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this Covered Arena project. And I said, well, we're, again, we're, we're underway. Things are going well. I mean, the church is, you know, given so far. We're out of debt, all that stuff. And I shared with him, you know, kind of the, the plan for our Covered Arena. And uh, he said, well, how much do you think it's going to take to finish and fulfill that project? And I said, well, I think it'll probably take about $3 million. And uh, he says, well, here's... Here's what I want to do. He said, I, I, I believe in the project. I believe in God. He says, I'm not, I'm not an over-religious person, um, but here's one thing that I do believe in. I believe in tithing. And he said, you know what, Bo? God has blessed me, 
And, and when I talk to people that, that, that wonder why I'm so blessed, I tell them it's because I give God a portion of what he's given me. And this is what he did. He turned around, grabbed his checkbook, which was camouflage, grabbed his checkbook and wrote us a check for $2 million. It's all because of him. <clears throat> do not do not tell me that my God is not a good God. Do not tell me that my God cannot meet our needs. Here's the truth. I've been praying since the inception of our church that God would bless us. And you've heard me with millions of dollars to fulfill his purpose. And guess what? God just wrote a check. Yeah. <clears throat> And I, and I want you to get this clear, two million, not 200,000, not 250,000, but two million dollars. So here's what I want us to do. I don't want you to tell anybody that walks through those doors, <laughs> leave them hanging, please, because I don't want them to know when they walk in. But here's the truth. I believe that if we will follow this code that God has called us to live by, that he will continue to bless us. Because we are not just, you know, we don't just have a purpose that hangs on the wall. We are actually fulfilling our purpose. So listen, I want us to thank the Lord. And here's something that I've never asked you to do. Never asked you to do. I've never asked you to get in a position where I believe that it's humbled. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. And, and nobody's, nobody's going to look around. I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Nobody's looking around, but here's what I want to ask you to do. If, if you'll take your hat off in honor of God, obviously, um, that would be awesome. But here's something else I want to ask you to do. Maybe you've never raised your hand up to the Lord and just said, okay, God, I surrender and I, and I praise you. Maybe that's where God leads you right now. I want us to be open to saying, okay, God, we surrender it all. It's all because of you. And so maybe you just need to raise one of your hands and just say, okay, God, I surrender. I thank you. I praise you. It's okay. Nobody's looking around. Again, this may be a great step for you because you may be thinking, well, I've never done that before. That's kind of awkward. No, listen, it's okay. My six-year-old son is doing it. You can do it. So maybe you just need to raise your hand and just say, I, I praise you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. Not just because of the money, because money doesn't solve everything, but just because of your blessing in my life. Here's the truth. I don't want to forget about God. He's the reason that we have what we have. And so let's pray and ask him to continue to bless us. Lord, we just come to you right now. With hands raised, we come with you and standing in honor of you with our hats off because you are a hats off kind of God. And so our hats off are to, off to you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for all your blessings. 
And we ask you to continue to bless our church. And may we not just go through our lives thinking we have a great purpose, but may we go through our lives fulfilling the purpose that you've called us to do. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for how you've moved. Thank you for the lives that are changed. And may you use every dime, every effort, every sweat drop, every blood drop, whatever it takes to reach more people. And we'll give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great afternoon. Hey y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life.